We're going to uh, pick up where we left off. We left off in John 19. We'll get there in a moment. Um, as we were talking about Jesus on the cross and all that, um, the emotions of Jesus and how Jesus truly understands. And just before he gave up the spirit, uh, John 19:25 was our reading. It's good to have you here tonight, both members and visitors alike. Let's go together to God in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, hallowed be your great and awesome name. We think about the greatness of our relationship with you and looking into the heavenly realm and how the angels sang those beautiful songs about you. You are the Lord of Lords. You are the majestic God, the everlasting King, and the King of Kings. And we're thankful to be able to, to worship you. We're thankful, Lord God, to just to be able to speak to you, to know that you hear us, and to know that you care. And we don't know what it is about us that makes you love us so much, but we do thank you, and thank you for remembering that we are but dust. Help us to be the people that you would have us to be. Please guide us and guard us, lead us and direct us in all that we say and do. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray these things and ask that they be your will. Amen. So Mary is, is known to us as a, a mother and a, a woman of honor. Um, I want to just kind of kind of look at John 19.25, and I want to get through some stuff just to get back to our lesson. I want to get through some of the, the doctrinal ideas uh, of what Mary is not. Just so, you know, we don't, I don't know folks online, I, I don't want it to get confused, but we want to honor Mary as, as, as the Bible does. John 19 and verse 25, Therefore the soldiers did these things, but there was standing on, by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciples, Behold your mother. And it's interesting he didn't say, Mother, behold your son. But he said, Woman, behold your son, but in reference to John, he said to him, "Behold your mother." And from that hour, the disciple took her into his household. See, the Bible doesn't call her the mother of God. Right? Let's go to Genesis chapter three, just for the, uh, the the prophetic message in the beginning, because she wasn't the mother of God; she was the mother of Jesus, the man. And, and I know the whole idea is, well, wasn't Jesus God? Well, of course he wasn't. I get that. But the Bible is very specific so that we understand that uh, Jesus and Mary and what Mary's place really is in, in history in regards to Jesus. And Genesis 3 and verse 15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. It's interesting that we're talking about the seed of woman and not the seed of man, and that God, way back in Genesis, was speaking in a prophetic message of what was to come and how the Messiah would come in a miraculous birth. And then in Isaiah chapter 7, another passage regarding uh, the coming of 
the Messiah, that God would use a woman to bring forth a child. In Isaiah chapter 7 and the verses 14, the Bible says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, or as Matthew tells us by way of description, God with us. Now in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3, there's this information that God gives us about, about Jesus and the Father and the exactness of, of the two of them in their co-relationship. Um, they are co-eternal, co-equal, and co-substantial. And so if, if Mary is the mother of, of deity, as is proclaimed in a doctrinal way, then the father would also have to have a mother. And Mary would have to be deity. And she is not the mother of deity, nor is she deity. Verse 3, it says, And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And so, so here we have an understanding that Jesus and the Father are, are co in everything, and Mary's not a part of that, right? Now chapter 10 of, of Hebrews, beginning at verse, about verse 5. What did God do? Therefore, when he comes into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offerings thou hast not desired, but a body thou hast prepared for me. And whole burnt offerings and a sacrifice for sin thou hast taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the roll of the book that is written of me to do thy will, O God. After saying above, Sacrifice and offerings and whole burnt offerings and sacrifice for sins thou hast not desired, nor hast thou taken pleasure in them which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do thy will. He takes away the first in order to establish the second. By this will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And so uh, God prepared a body for Jesus. Mary was the vessel in whom he used. And in Matthew chapter, chapter 1 and the verses 25, we find that Mary had other children. And these are things that we know. I'm just, I'm doing this really not, I'm doing this for maybe those online. I'm doing it even, even just to remind us. I want to get into the lesson. And we'll spend two, two lessons on this thought of Mary, but I wanted to get through this first. Verse 25, speaking of Mary and Joseph, and the text says, and he kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. And so, yeah, she's not this as, as proclaimed in the world that she's a perpetual virgin. That's, that's not true doctrine. That's, that's false. But also in, in Matthew chapter 13, there are other children uh, that Mary, Mary has. And so beginning down in verse 55, the Bible says, is, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? and his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where did this man get these things? And so, looking at Jesus and saying, hey, here's Jesus' mother, and all right, 
So we get all that. Right, let's turn to Luke chapter 1. If there's more information needed, I'll, I'll deal with that. I wanted to talk about tonight, I want to introduce the, this thought tonight, about Mary, the mother of, of, of Jesus, the man, but not from a doctrinal standpoint. I want us to think about, as we're piggybacking off of Jesus and the emotions that he dealt with up to the cross and then on the cross, and then he looks out and he sees Mary, and I, I want you to realize that, that Mary, the mother, now let's talk about a mother, that his pain was her pain. And by the way, I, because I don't have a qualification, you know, in speaking about motherhood, I asked a lot of mothers a lot of questions about the mother side of Jesus. His pain was her pain. His rejection was her rejection. His suffering was her suffering. She emotionally was, was wrapped up in her son. And then knowing all the things that, that the angels revealed, the Holy Spirit revealed, that knowing the things that she'd been through, it was special. And, and, and I want to talk a little bit next week about, you know, think about holding your, you know, mothers hold their children and what an amazing blessing. But imagine holding Jesus and knowing who he is from the very start. In verse 38, And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, be it done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know, she could have said no. You ever thought about that? Mary could have told the angel, because, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know about this, and I don't, I don't want anything to do with, or, or I'm not prepared, I can't. But she didn't. She said, Lord, your will be done. And in chapter 2, in verse 25 of Luke, when the days for her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Sorry, I'm jumping down to verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came into the Spirit, and he came in the Spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out his customs of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, so imagine this is your child, mothers, right? And the blessing that comes, now the Lord, thou dost let thy bondservant depart in peace according to to thy word. Let me die now because I'm holding the Messiah in my hands. For my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said 
about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. This child is the rise and the fall of a nation, an entire nation, your child. But I want you to know something. The piercing of that child is the same piercing in your heart. This child is going to be pierced, the prediction of his death. And he says to Mary, and your soul your own soul is going to be pierced as well. But what an amazing thought. The tears that Mary shared about Jesus obviously were in abundance. And then this Jewish peasant girl holding the Messiah, or rather before she held the Messiah, understanding the prophecy. In chapter 1, in verse 46, Mary speaks of Jesus. She speaks of her, her son. And she says that a humble girl is exalted. And, and, the, and the proud will be, will be humbled. And she says it like this in this particular song or hymn. The psalm she says. And Mary said, my soul exalts the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regard for the humble state of his bond slave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were uh, proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has sent away the rich empty-handed. He has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his offspring forever. And Mary stayed with her speaking of Elizabeth, about three months and then return home. This child will be the rise and the fall of a nation. This child is the savior of the world. Mary, this is your child. Matthew 2 in, in verse, uh, verse 6. She gave birth to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's, you know, it's not that she thought to herself, you know, what is he going to be? Well, God already told her. Now, she didn't quite understand it all, but, but Jesus was, Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophecy of God from thousands of years past. And that's your child. And in Matthew 2 and verse 6, and you, Bethlehem, and Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler 
who will shepherd my people Israel. What, what kind of child will he be? Luke chapter 1. As, as she fed Jesus, think about the thoughts that ran through her mind about the Savior. There's no mother honored like, like Mary. I mean, she, she's the most honored woman, if you will, of motherhood because of Jesus. She is not the Savior, but yet she was chosen by God to, to receive a special and unique honor, a special and unique kind of motherhood. She miraculously gave birth to a baby boy named Jesus without the aid of man, the fulfillment of prophetic utterances. And then in verse 30, it says of Luke chapter 1, when the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You know, I hear people say that all the time. You know, I'm blessed and highly favored. And you know, when you look at the scriptures, there aren't many people God says that about. You know, he said it about, about uh, David and, and about Daniel, and he, he says it about Mary, but he doesn't say it about a bunch of other folks. And I know it's just a, it's just a cliche. It's something people say all the time, but this one, this one came from the angelic realm that she, she herself is the favor of God. God chose her. And behold, you will conceive in your womb. And in your womb you will bear a son and you shall name him Jesus. Yeshua. He will be great. And will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son of her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. And so the reality before her was just, I mean, it's, it's magnificent, right? Just to think about, to think about the, the child in your womb Matthew chapter 1. The child in your womb is Jehovah. Yeshua. The child in your womb. In verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, that's important, right? She was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. There is absolutely no explanation I can give you to that one. When I say explanation, I don't mean to explain what God has done, but wow! Right? Mary? And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. 
For that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 2. So there's there's a clear understanding that Mary has about the child. And then, of course, there's the depth of the understanding that she doesn't have. But, but the clear understanding is, this is my child. This is my baby boy. My firstborn. This is my miraculous child. And when she saw him on that cross, let's come back to that next week. Verse 21, and when eight days were completed before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given to him by the angel. And he was conceived in the womb. And when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and certainly he is the holy child. The only begotten of the Father, the only begotten at this time of Mary, her first begotten. I'm going to close in Matthew chapter 2. So you have this child, and before we even get to the cross, she starts to understand this child will alter my life forever. Of course, all children do, right? All of our, all of our children alter our lives in a, in a positive, in a, in a beautiful way forever. But this child is going to change her life forever. Her reality soon begins. She said, all generations will call me blessed. But something happens immediately to this child. And that is, she has to face the reality that the world wants to kill my baby. Her heart, her heart, suffered trauma for a very long time. In verse 13, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. And he arose and took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled out of Egypt did they call my son. The questions that maybe she had is all of this spoken by the Holy Spirit or by the angels, by God, all of this spoken through the prophets in the past, why do they want to kill my son? Why do they want to kill my baby? His pain her pain. His rejection was her rejection. His suffering was her suffering. 
Ponder that just for a bit. And Lord willing, we'll come back next week and get to the cross. The lesson is yours tonight. If we can help you in any way, please make it known while together we stand and sing our song of invitation. So